0: Hello and welcome to Pediapod for June 2022. This month, maternal early exposure to violence, psychopathology and child adaptive functioning. A recent study reported that 53% of mothers were exposed to violence when they were children. And there's evidence that these experiences negatively impacted the health and development of their offspring later on. Associations between maternal exposure to violence, psychopathology and children's mental health outcomes is well documented. However, the pre- and postnatal programming pathways between early exposure to violence, maternal psychopathology and children's cognitive and developmental milestones remain understudied. In this episode, we meet Dr Dylan Brown, a clinical psychologist and assistant professor in psychology at the University of Waterloo in Ontario, Canada. He wanted to know if and how maternal early exposure to violence influences the developmental trajectories of children across the first four years of life. Here he is.
1: So my name is uh, Dr. Dylan Brown, I'm a clinical psychologist and an assistant professor in psychology at the University of Waterloo in Ontario, Canada, uh, where I also hold the Canada Research Chair in Child and Family Clinical Psychology.
0: I wonder then if you could just start with a little bit of context about maternal exposure to violence and what we know about any associations between that and childhood health and development.
1: Right. So first of all, we know that the problem of maternal exposure to violence is ubiquitous and and prevalent. That is, um, many mothers are exposed to violence across the lifespan And relatedly, we know that there is an association between that exposure to violence and children's mental health outcomes, things like behavioral difficulties, anxiety, depression, emotional regulation. So that association has been well documented in the literature for uh, a number of years now. We know far less about the association between maternal exposure to violence and children's cognitive and developmental milestones. And specifically, if you think about a mother's exposure to violence across the lifespan and later a child's developmental milestones, there's a lot of stuff in between those two outcomes. There's a lot of time and also complex mechanisms that could potentially account for that association for example does it have something to do with what's going on while a child is in utero or does it have to do with something happening after a child is born so the purpose of our study was to try and disentangle these complex associations over time in a longitudinal cohort of around 1500 mothers from the united states
0: and of course, some of those factors that you mentioned that it could be having an effect could themselves be in a sort of complicated interaction. It's not necessarily just one mechanism that's going to pop out. It could be several. And, and also the direction of that causality could be going in both directions, right? From mother to offspring and back again.
1: Absolutely. So while our study was not specifically designed to rule out genetic confounds, we did have the luxury of this longitudinal cohort where we were measuring mother's uh, early exposure to violence, how they were doing in terms of mental health, both during pregnancy and after pregnancy, and then also children's developmental milestones or what others call um, adaptive functioning across the first four years of life. So as you said, that allows us to kind of get at the chicken or the egg question a little bit better. Um, And what we found, was there's a relationship between maternal early exposure to violence so um, events that happen before 18 years of age and child adaptive functioning through maternal psychopathology so in statistics we call that a a mediation effect and more than that we also found evidence for both prenatal and postnatal effects Um, however the evidence was actually stronger for the prenatal pathway. That is, the statistical effect was larger and more robust for the prenatal pathway.
0: Okay, so you're saying that the mental health of mothers is a sort of mediating factor between early exposure to violence and a child's adaptive functioning. I I wonder if you could just elaborate a little bit on that and and tease tease that out a bit.
1: I could say differently that um, maternal exposure to violence in early life is associated with more mental health problems in pregnancy. More mental health problems in pregnancy is associated with lower levels of adaptive functioning in the first year of life. Relatedly, maternal exposure to violence in early life predicts maternal mental health problems after kids are born. And that predicts adaptive functioning in children in the second year of life. So there are these two parallel pathways, one during pregnancy and one after pregnancy that we're observing in this study.
0: One of the specific hypotheses you looked at about whether the offspring could potentially be having an impact on on the mother, if, if it was in, working in that direction, that turned out not to be the case in, in your data set.
1: So that was surprising. We did not observe child effects on mothers, we only observed maternal effects on children.
0: That's in contrast to some of the previous work on the socio-emotional development.
1: That's right, and so one of our ideas for why that might be is that it's the more kind of difficult behavior that is driving child effects on parents.
0: Difficult from a sort of parenting point of view. Yeah,
1: difficult behavior like um, temper tantrums, acting out, um, emotional meltdowns, that kind of stuff. And so, what we were looking at was not that per se. We were looking at um, adaptive functioning in terms of, you know, where are children at in terms of their developmental milestones at different ages? Can they hold a pencil? Can they tie their shoes later on? You know, that kind of thing. And so, we're seeing that that wasn't associated with a later maternal mental health outcome. It was the obverse, that is, maternal mental health was predictive of of adaptive functioning.
0: I mean, I know this isn't what your study was designed to get at, but given that the prenatal programming seemed like it may have been more likely, does that help you speculate more precisely as to what the actual mechanisms might be behind that shifting adaptive functioning?
1: Yeah, so when we zoom in and put the microscope over that prenatal pathway, That in and of itself is a comprehensive area of literature, and there are a number of kind of candidate mechanisms that have been researched and kind of speculated upon, and and there are um, numerous studies now supporting evidence, uh, especially in animal models. Early adversity can alter the uterine environment, contributing to differences in maternal physiology, so like stress hormones, cortisol, the gut microbiome immunity functioning, how all of that can then quote-unquote program a developing fetus uh, leading to structural and functional brain differences, the HPA axis. So we don't really know exactly what it is, but the idea here is that something about maternal early exposure to violence is captured in the uterine environment that conveys a signal that then is associated with later acquisition of developmental milestones, or adaptive functioning to use the other word, you know, that's, that's something that we certainly need to follow up with um, in future studies.
0: And in lieu of that precise mechanism, what does the, the data that you do have do for, say, a clinician who is dealing with a mother who does have issues with mental health, or who's, you know, experienced violence, or both, I suppose?
1: Yeah. So so, while our study was not, uh, it was an epidemiological study, it wasn't a clinical intervention study. However, there are certainly implications. Uh, one is for assessment. And when we're conducting assessments of pediatric patients, our studies suggest that we need to also consider the entire family context, including not only the child's developmental history, but the mother's developmental history as well, because those two things are related. Secondly, our study points to the importance of early intervention and enrichment opportunities. There are a number of high-quality interventions in early life that provide mothers and their children an opportunity to engage and experience high-quality interactions that have been shown to promote um, both neurocognitive and socio-emotional uh, outcomes in children.
0: Does your data point to that potentially being beneficial. I know you saw cumulative effects that were sort of negative on adaptive functioning. Is, is the reverse true?
1: We, we can't really say that from our data because this was a longitudinal observational design where we did not have something like uh, a randomized trial demonstrating the efficacy or effectiveness of a, a preventative um, intervention. That being said, there are other studies out there that have done that Um, And so no single study can do everything. So I think that our investigation fits into that literature and and suggests that potentially that could be a beneficial thing, um, though we need to look to the uh, clinical intervention studies to be certain.
0: Are you taking this work further or what's next for you?
1: One direction that my research group is going in now is to extend the longitudinal course in which these children are followed up. So in the present study, they were only followed up to about four years. And now if we look at the cohort, I believe they're coming up on seven and eight years old. So one of our initiatives is to see how long this potential effect of maternal early exposure to violence is observed. Another direction that we're heading in is to consider fathers. So this was a study of mothers Of course, the prenatal question is is not the same for fathers. However, fathers are often underrepresented in the developmental research for, for various reasons. And so we would like to extend the picture of the family that we have when considering these potential mechanisms.
0: That was Dr. Dylan Brown, clinical psychologist and assistant professor in psychology at the University of Waterloo in Ontario, Canada. And that's it for this episode. Please join us again next month for your next instalment of Pediapod. I'm Jeff Marsh. Thanks for listening.